When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not sure I'm digging that music. Whatever. Um, I thought our next guest forgot about us and just uh, left us, you know, high and dry. But he's back. Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider and pro football focus, PFF.com. Um, everybody's reported. We've got all kinds of NFL news. People are freaking out. It's a good thing. And uh, we're excited. So, our NFL hit this morning is brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. That's where you go to get your next John Deere tractor. AgUp.com. Over 20 dealerships, including Canton and Pearl. John Deere, America's tractor for your family land, farm, or hunting camp. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo to the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Steve P., what's up, buddy? Hey, man. It's great uh, to be back. Thanks for letting me have a little bit of summer, though. Appreciate that. Yeah, did you go up to the Northeast? I did. Yeah, I made our way to Massachusetts as we as we usually do. Saw some family, and now, now we're back. It's, uh, it's football season again, so back in Cincinnati and ready to go. All right. Um, have you already made your Super Bowl pick? No, I have not. I have not thought that far ahead. Good, but I'm usually pretty generic. You know, it's like Chiefs Eagles rematch. You know, we'll we'll see though. I'm not I'm not there yet. Okay. All right, well, let's let's start with this. Um, I, I want to talk coaches, and and then we'll get into some some court. Now, Jason is is my new producer. Blake took a real job, and um, Jason's an Ole Miss fan and alum, and he wanted me to with all the with all the news going on. He wanted me, you know, we could talk Rogers, we could talk Burrow, we could talk our Saints fans or are excited about Derek Carr in New Orleans. Dak is always uh, polarizing either way. Um, just because he's with the Cowboys, he's obviously a, a great kid leader. But um, he wants to go with Matt Corral. And now that we know Bryce Young is going to be the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, what does that mean for Matt Corral? How about that for a, a big-time lead into the interview? Uh, I think it means Matt Corral fighting for a backup job with uh with Andy Dalton. We checked that box. There we go. All right. So, let's uh and and look, he would have started last year if he had been healthy. And who knows what would have happened. And I think the kid was was probably the best quarterback in that draft, but just some things happened. Anyway. All right, coaches, it who who's the number one coach in the NFL for you? Is it Andy Reid? Yeah, I'd say it's Andy Reid. I know We've talked about this before. I mean, if, if you're saying who's the best coach resume-wise and who's accomplished the most, I think obviously it's Bill Belichick, um, and he deserves credit for all that. I think the, if the question is who would you most like to run your team right now going forward, I think Belichick is still up there. 
but uh, but I'd say it's Andy Reid. And and again, I always lean on the offensive side of the ball and the consistency that Andy Reid has had in elevating quarterbacks. And now he's been given um, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and we've seen those results. But again, going back through history, whether it's Alex Smith or Donovan McNabb or you know working with Brett Favre or whatever, Andy Reid has always elevated uh, the quarterback. Michael Vick had his MVP caliber season. Donovan McNabb. So, yeah, McNabb and Vick. I mean, it's consistent, right? So I would say it's Andy Reid because of that foundation that he brings to the offensive side of the ball. Okay, let's go to the NFC. I may go overall and not allow you to pick Reed and who you would. Let, let's go overall first. Take out Reed, and you're not going to pick Belichick. All right, so if I take those two off the table, and Steve Palazzolo is a general manager and can pick from, from anyone else in the league, who would you go with? Uh, so I think, I think I'm Kyle Shanahan. I, I knew it. You knew it. I know. Oh, he's phenomenal. Again, yeah, I mean, so we were talking on our podcast recently, and I, I made a statement that people were upset with, and I said, Kyle Shanahan's been more consistent than Sean McVay. And, it, and it, not from a head coaching standpoint or a record standpoint, but from an offense standpoint, to repeat myself for the millionth time, it, that's my foundation. So Kyle Shanahan, if I, if I was GM, and I have Kyle Shanahan as my head coach, I feel less pressure to get the best quarterback. Right, so even if I have Bill Belichick as my head coach, and you see the Belichick with and without Tom Brady stats and everything, whether those are fair or not, it's pretty significant. Having the elite quarterback is a massive differentiator for anyone. But Kyle Shanahan is one of the few, the few coaches, similar to Andy Reid, who no matter who you give him, he's creating good offense, from Matt Schaub to RG3 to um, turning Matt Ryan into an MVP candidate, so Brock Purdy, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So we've got this history of Kyle Shanahan elevating the offense, and that's my foundation. And if I know I have that as a foundation, okay, then I'll play with the other stuff, the defensive coordinator, the personnel. But he gives leeway for your quarterback decision, which we know is incredibly difficult and important. But the fact that you can take a Brock Purdy and go to the NFC Championship, you know, give me Kyle Shanahan because, again, my foundation is going to be so strong, then uh, I'll have a little bit of leeway from a personnel standpoint. No, that's that's fair enough. So so for our listeners, if you take out Andy Reid, who's on a roll, and Belichick, who did the deal for 20 years, and he's the GOAT, um, Steve Palazzolo would go with, with Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics, before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. 
Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Now, Steve, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, talking NFL. It would might, when you've got Shanahan, McVay, Sirianni, uh, there's a, mm, yeah, there's a couple others. Would Mike McCarthy be in your top five NFC head coaches? Oh, McCarthy's tough. I th- no, probably not top five. I mean, I think I think Nick Sirianni's up there, certainly for the Eagles. Um, McVay, definitely up there. I think Brian Dable, even with one year, what he showed with no. the Giants, I'll be, need to prove it again. Sure. I, McCarthy's kind of like uh, Tony Romo, though, where Tony Romo's both over and underrated all at the same time. I, there, I think you still have to look at McCarthy's baseline of success. Won a Super Bowl, the only guy to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and you could say, hey, he had Aaron Rodgers for a big chunk of his career. And then he has Dak, who's, again, you what know, top three quarterback, you know, on this station, top eight maybe in reality, whatever. <laughs> I um, love it. I love it. Right? Yeah. So Mike McCarthy's had good quarterbacks. But I, but I still think he's had a foundation of winning, and I, I think he's solid, right? And, and it's, it's, it's almost like your, your mid-tier quarterback, your Jimmy Garoppolo or your Jared Goff, where it, you know, there'll be some people that, you know, if you're watching the game, you're like, hey, Jared Goff's good. And then later in the game, you're like, oh, wait, maybe he's not that good. And uh, you get the same thing with Garoppolo. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo's really good. He runs an offense, and then he throws a terrible interception. And uh, I feel like McCarthy might land in that that bucket of coaches where you, he deserves a credit for certain things. And, you know, maybe there's a, there's a next step that he hasn't been able to take. So I know where you're standing. He's holding Dak down and everything, but uh, he's maybe not as bad as, as you guys might think, but we'll see this year as a play caller. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot of confidence, but you know, we'll, like you said, we'll, we'll see how that looks. I do like that Dak's got, I didn't think Dak had a wide receiver number two or three last year because of, you know, letting go of Cooper and, and, and Gallup not coming back and just some other things. You may disagree with that. I thought it was CD and a massive drop. Do you agree or, or disagree with that, Steve? No, I think last year, you know, I, I didn't love what Dallas did in the off season. I thought most teams come into the season with a lot of, Hey, we made these, you know, three or four moves. Therefore we're going to be better. And Dallas was one of the few teams where it's like, actually, they lost more than they gained. And you kind of felt that on the field at times, especially in the receiving court. This year, I feel it's completely different. I, I love that Dallas filled their biggest needs with uh, high-value moves, like uh, trading for Brandon Cooks and trading for Stephon Gilmore. Those were high-value, not, not huge costs. The only risk there is maybe age and injury. But Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, are you kidding me? You know, grabbing both of those guys who are still high-quality starters at premier positions, and so you didn't have to go into the draft and fill those specific needs just to, you know, fill out the starting lineup. That is huge. And then the actual on-field implications of, yeah, there was games where Dak had to force the ball to C.D. Lamb 15 times, and now you don't have to do that. Brandon Cooks has a very consistent track record of 
consistency uh, of, of just production with various quarterbacks. Michael Gallup, another year removed from his injury. And so that's, that's how you win, again, just with multiple playmakers putting the defense in a bind. And so the pass game should be much better in Dallas. And then I think, you know, from a secondary perspective, just throwing that in there, having Stephon Gilmore and Trevon Diggs uh, is massive because cornerback two and wide receiver two, I think, were both issues for, for Dallas last year. Yeah, and with Brandon, so, so you got C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and hopefully a healthy, and Gallup is claiming he's healthy. They say he's healthy. A healthy Michael Gallup. Do you like what Dallas, speaking of Dak and Dallas, we'll stay here for just a minute, and then we'll we'll keep moving to the Saints. Um, do you like what the Cowboys have done at tight end? Have they done enough for you? You know, that can be such a uh, a weapon for quarterbacks and play callers in this league now with the athletes that we have. How, how do you like or dislike the tight end position in Dallas, Steve? I, I think I, I like what they've done just because they, they lose Dalton Schultz, who became a dependable possession type of tight end, but they never really should have paid him a ton of money anyway. Uh, the fact that Schultz was basically their number two pass catcher last year, opposite C.D. Lamb, I don't think that's the optimum offense for Dallas. Now, if you if you had a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey or whatever, you know, a, a legit playmaking tight end, a George Kittle, then you feature them. But Dalton Schultz, I don't think, is that type of player. He's he's your number three or four option. He's just a dependable underneath option. So that, to me, is replaceable. And they replace him with a couple athletic players like Jake Ferguson, who did some nice things as a rookie, Luke Schoonmaker from, in the second round from Michigan. So I think they've got some athleticism, but I think they have tight end in the proper hierarchy given their roster. This, this should be your fourth option in the pass game. It should be those stars, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and then, oh, by the way, if you take all of those guys away, we've got some athletic guys that can create after the catch and work the middle of the field. And I think that's the way this offense uh, will run effectively. So I think that I, I like what they've done. I like the fact that they didn't necessarily invest too heavily in Dalton Schultz and that they've invested at receiver because I think that's where, uh, you know, they're going to get the most production and, and be able to put points on the board. Okay, rank the rank the most talented roster. Speaking of Dak and the Cowboys again, Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus. Give me the top three or so rosters in the NFC. Would you go Eagles, 49ers, and then someone else? Tell, where would you go, Steve? Uh, definitely the Eagles. Uh, we did do this as... PFF a, a few months back, we had the Niners up at number two, and I, um, I don't know, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's clear as day for the Niners. They they had a couple departures as well, even though they had some additions. Um, and I think Dallas is third, or you know, or right there with the Niners. They're they're probably second or third, but I, I feel, I feel really good about Dallas at their best at, at the most important positions: QB, receiver, corner, pass rushers. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I also think Dallas has built a little bit of depth here. So I think they're right up there with the Niners as a 2A, 2B when it comes to uh, roster depth in the NFC behind the Eagles. Okay, so for our listeners, he's got Dallas as the third best roster in the NFC. But Mike McCarthy's not in the top five head coaches. So can they navigate that and so on? And, uh, well, all right. So real quick. You've got the Eagles winning the NFC East, but Dallas making the playoffs because of their roster? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a battle for the NFC East. You know how the season goes. It's, anything can happen. It wasn't – the Eagles were the better team last year, but, you know, if you flip a couple of games, anything can happen. So I think Dallas and Philadelphia is, is definitely battling for the NFC East, and um, I think both teams make the playoffs, though. It's not a great NFC, so both teams should absolutely be right there in the mix for the Super Bowl. Okay, because America loves to hate whoever's the starter for in the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys – and I, I listen to all kinds of shows and podcasts, especially this time of year. And like you, I've been traveling, and so listening to more in the car or on a plane. Um, and a lot of times they're good, don't get me wrong, but but you hear this, oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts is better than Dak. After one year, that's all it takes. Um, he does have a better front office. He did have a better roster, slightly better roster, and slightly in the NFL is sometimes Grand Canyon-like gap. Um, are you ready to say, just definitive, that Jalen Hurts is better than Dak? No, I mean I think I think he was better than Dak last year. Um, but when we, you know, ranking players is it's a multi-year effort. So uh, if if Jalen Hurts does it again, right? Jalen Hurts has literally gotten better every single season. Uh, showed some flashes as a rookie. A little bit of promise in year two, but he wasn't he wasn't better than Dak in 2021, not even close. And then last year, Jalen Hurts took a massive step forward, which happened to coincide with AJ Brown coming in, and um, you know again the best roster in the NFC, which is fine. You know, you have to have players around you. So can Jalen Hurts do it again? That would be my my question. If he does, yes, he could he could be better than Dak, but. What have we seen from Dak in his career? I think we've seen a couple seasons where he's been a top six to eight quarterback. I think we've seen others where he was closer to QB 15. Um, I thought last year, the I think the interception totals are completely overblown and kind of ridiculous. Agree. Dak, but that, yeah, but that wasn't like the issue last year. He was just, he was inconsistent. He had little bouts with interceptions that were his fault. Other ones that were just purely unlucky. But I didn't think Dak had a great season last year. And my the, the one thing that I would say about Dak's career is his production has really, really been tied to his playmakers and who's been there. But who's is again, it I know, at that position? I know I know you're gonna say every quarterback is, but the best quarterback's not necessarily you know, like Tom Brady won a Super Bowl with Gronk Hurt and won yeah, an but MVP with He's Edelman a unicorn. Hurt, right? Like I understand but but I'm saying this is what you're gonna be compared to, right? Your best but the the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Reasons of the world, okay, they can keep it going. Um, but Dak has been, like, really tied to his production, which is why I've always called him, like, a top eight, you know, top eight to ten quarterback. I think quarterbacks in, those, in that range are very tied to their, uh, to their playmakers. Dak has just been, like, really, really direct, right, where as soon as Amari Cooper gets traded for, his production goes up, and as soon as they – have some injuries or lose Amari Cooper, his production goes down, which is fine. But that's what we saw last year. I didn't think um, Dak Prescott played his best football last year, uh, at least as far as consistency goes. Um, but, yeah, I still think Dak going into this year, would I rank him ahead of Jalen Hurts? Yes, I would, because I think we've seen more of a track record of good from Dak Prescott. But Jalen Hurts has a chance to continue to improve and maybe surpass him with another good season. Yeah, yeah, and better players and better front office surrounding. But I can take that. Top eight QB all day long. That's, uh, I, I think that's 
a great spot for you can win. You can win with that guy. Yeah. Well, and they look, he's taken a fran- a dysfunctional franchise to four playoff appearances. I mean, and two of those were under Jason Garrett, who shouldn't be, you know, coaching anywhere near the NFL. So um, that's how I've described Matthew Stafford throughout his career. If you were ranking Matthew Stafford in his era of quarterbacks, he's barely, you know, QB 10 because his era includes all of those elites that we always mentioned, but also Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers and all these other, Andrew Luck, right? Like, Stafford's QB 10 or 11 in his era, but he's talented enough to play top five type of football and go on stretches and runs. And I think that's that Prescott, right? In the right environment and supporting cast and, and gets hot, you know, you can, you can go on a run and win a Super Bowl. All right. Who, who do you have ranked higher? Pro Football Focus. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who is a better quarterback according to PFF? And we're visiting with Steve Palazzolo on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Matthew Stafford or Eli Manning? Oh, man. Uh, again, I know the audience. So I'll say Eli here on this show. Okay. <laughs> so you feel like Eli's better I mean, than Stafford? I, Stafford had, I mean, Eli had these two elite seasons, I think. Uh, one Super Bowl year. Two elite seasons that were Unbelievable. I think Stafford's had more consistency of good. Eli just had so many years that were average to below average. So however you want to weigh that. He never got hurt, but he had so many years where he was average at best. You know, and I think I think Stafford's baseline has been better than that. Okay. Let's go to the NFC South. We'll do more of this with you over the next couple of weeks. But Derek Carr to the Saints. And let's say Michael Thomas gets his mind right and body and Alave and all that, you know, and this Dennis Allen's got to win. Um, the NFC South is garbage. What do you think about Carr and the Saints this year, Steve? I mean, they should have the inside track, I think, on the NFC South. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in the health of all those pass catchers. Um, I think there's just so much uncertainty across the rest of the division, particularly at quarterback. The Bucks trying to figure out Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. The Falcons rolling with Desmond Ritter, and the Panthers having Bryce Young as a rookie. So the, the Saints should be the favorite. I always describe their defense as championship caliber. We saw that last year. There were stretches of play where they are just locked down, including against Derek Carr and the Raiders, where they didn't even let them pass midfield, I don't think, until the fourth quarter. So the Saints have this potentially elite defense, which is all you can ask for these days. Um, and then who knows what you get from the Michael Thomas, but Chris Olave is ready to become a star. I love Rashid Shahid as a deep threat. They have some options at tight end, including now Jimmy Graham. Uh, the, I think the Saints absolutely have the pieces to be the favorite in the NFC South. Uh, they've got some guys to replace up front on the defensive line. But again, I think building from back to front there, they've got a good secondary and a good nucleus on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I like the Saints a lot this year in the South. Okay. I mean, boy, this is the window, right? And this is what you look for. You don't get a lot of this in the NFL. And like you said, Panthers, Falcons, Tampa Bay uh, in transition, especially at the most important position. You, you ha- It's almost low-hanging fruit, which you really don't get in the NFL. They have to take advantage of this, right, Steve? Yeah, it's really a timing and opportunity thing for sure. Because like if you know the Jets were in on the Derek Carr sweepstakes, 
And if the Jets had gotten Derek Carr, nobody's like, hey, well, look, the Jets, they're going to make a run in the AFC East because, you know, of what's over there. But Derek Carr in the NFC, in this particular division, should be an advantage for the Saints. Okay. All right, we'll leave it there. I thought that was fun. I'm glad you're back, man. We, uh, you know, we broke up. We're back together. I feel good about it. Do you? We're back for sure. I'm ready and uh, locked in for, uh, for football season. Let's do it. Man, I'm, I'm so fired up. It's, it's going to be a blast. All right, dude, have a good weekend. We look forward to uh, hanging out throughout the season, and uh, we'll talk next week, okay? Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, Steve Palazzolo, uh, NFL Insider Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent, favorites.com. That's easy to hit, isn't it? F-A-V-E, favorites.com, boom. Get you a quote. Super competitive rates. Excellent customer service powered by favorites.com. It's uh, National Chicken Strips Day. Shout out to Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. B3, baby, in Madison and Brandon. You know, I was going to pick up some chicken strips on the way in from uh, Gulfport yesterday. And so today I may have to smash some, uh, some chicken strips from Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. And uh, maybe a little fried okra as a side. Ooh, I did some fried okra in Ocean Springs at that dive. I think it's called Macy's or something. Some kind of dive, beautiful little dive bar and restaurant. They've got a little market in there. I'll figure out where I went. It was fried okra. Okra was fabulous. Back in a second. 